And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I'm your program host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Also follow the show that is at HEFPOND. Uh, Facebook.com slash HEFPOND is where you can find all the latest English language content covering the Eintracht, including all the articles and new episode drops as well on our end. So here to talk about uh, no match uh, that has uh, occurred. We got internationals. The Frauen actually played earlier today at the time of recording. And the Eintracht have a penultimate match against Borussia Dortmund coming up. And to kind of fill things out, we have a fun American fan interview. So that is all coming up on this episode of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. To join me this week is Chris in Detroit. Chris, baseball season is upon us. Uh, as two Americans, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'll get more on the baseball thing when we get to our favorite hashtag, what are we drinking subject. But yeah, the sun is out. Temperature is up at least for a day or two at a time. So it's good. Happy spring. All righty. Well, got to welcome spring, don't we? <laughs> um, I'm here in Kansas City. He's in Detroit. We're here to talk about Eintracht's guys in international duty to start off because uh, that's kind of where a lot of the news has been going on. So as everyone knows, Hinteregger still out injured. It's been something that's been an ongoing thing. Chris, at this point in time, we just got to hope that um, he can get back within, you know, a decent amount of time because we have eight matches remaining. And, um, yeah, I'd prefer him not to miss any other action. If he has to miss the Dortmund game and be around for the next seven, I'm okay with that, especially since we have a four-point gap on Dortmund as we speak. Yes, whatever it takes to protect that gap and expand it, um, whether it's for us or against them, I don't care. But keeping that keeping that space is the only thing that matters. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, because right now everyone's on international duty. And Hentrager originally was called up by the Austrian national team, but it basically took them to have a look-see and then them to realize, ah, crap, um, you're really actually hurt um you're of no use to us and uh how did he even um, get to that point though like why why did he even travel to the camp should that decision not have been made beforehand i think that they did not i now this is just my hunch is that the austrian national team uh didn't believe uh what the eintracht uh uh medical staff were saying and they had to see for themselves but it's a real shitty deal that you know, they couldn't have actually had a representative for them check him out as opposed to him having to go to Austria to do it himself. Now, was what was he able to do in the meantime? You know, he was able to see a family member, you know, who he hadn't seen for a while. But, I mean, other than that feel-good moment, I mean, felt really like a stupid thing to do. You know, it's kind of an aside here, but I think um, after this covid situation is uh, a little more behind us i think fifa and uefa are going to have to look at how they outline release of players from clubs to country and in injury situations uh you know who's making that determining factor for release of the player 
because I understand, and we have that issue in the United States right now where players oh, were not released to the Olympic team, and now all of a sudden we're not qualified for the Olympics. So I think that's something that FIFA and, and all the confederations are going to have to look at as far as how those policies are, are reviewed and hopefully um, changed a little bit so there's a more amicable uh, resolution between the club and the country for the release because it doesn't help Frankfurt that he went to Austria, but I understand their desire to evaluate him as well. So, and then there's the U S debacle, which we don't have to get into. It's not on the show sheet. Don't even go there. Yeah. Um, that's still a little raw. Um, I don't think that there's, I think that we could have our own podcast just on the men's national team issues uh but i look man i don't want to go into that just yet that's a lot of uh that's a lot to uncork there that'll be so, an off-season special indeed indeed <laughs> we'll need to have some well we'll come out with some content uh we can go back to the history books we can look at uh what's been going on in the summer there's so many opportunities that are out there so uh, speaking of summer activities, a lot of guys were participating in qualifiers that would set themselves up for summer competitions, whether that be um, this coming summer or let's be real. Uh, it should be played normally in the summer, but the next World Cup still is slated to be played in Qatar in the winter. God only knows what kind of uh, wrench that will throw into the 2022-2023 Bundesliga season, but we'll kind of have to stay tuned with that. Eintracht guys getting busy all over the globe. So let's stay with the two gentlemen who participated in competitive matches that were played outside of continental Europe. Uh, so let's talk about Barakak. Uh, he's with Morocco. They are basically all but qualified for the upcoming uh, African Cup of Nations. Uh, he had two appearances uh um, as a starter, you know, at his age of 22, I'm very impressed that, you know, like from the get go, he has been uh, on the starting lineup and he's been playing every single minute that he has been out there. So good on him for grabbing that. But at this point in time, it does seem that the uh, upcoming African Cup of Nations in 2021 that's going to be played. I mean, originally supposed to be played this past, uh, originally scheduled to be June to July, but then uh, CAF announced in like uh, last January that due to climatic conditions and all sorts of other stuff that they would revert back to the old format of January to February. So we have that to look forward to in the January. Uh, in January and February of 2022, at this point in time, uh, Mor at this point, uh, Morocco has qualified uh, for that tournament. So we more than likely will be losing Barcock at that time. So it's good to see that he's getting the minutes, but um, it's kind of sucks to know that it's going to be during our season that we're going to miss him in this competition. So that's kind of a ki uh, kick in the stones, needless to say. But at his age, having the opportunity to compete internationally probably will give him the confidence to come back and play strong for us. Uh, we've seen it with other players where you know, yeah. they're struggling to get time, and he's been in and out of our out of our lineup. He's not been a regular as most of us expected, 
I still think it's an opportunity for him to gain some confidence. Indeed, indeed. So uh, I mentioned one other player that was uh, participating in international duty outside of continental Europe. Uh, that was Daichi Kamada playing for Japan. Um, he uh, started in two matches for the Samurai, uh, the Blue uh, Samurai, and uh, got two goals out of it. Um, a 3-0 victory over South Korea, and then a 14-0 team win in the, their uh, World Cup qualifiers against uh, Mongolia. Not going to lie. Uh, against Mongolia, you would kind of expect that to happen. They're not exactly one of the powers. Japan is kind of the power when it comes to the Asian game, and it just kind of shows right now that Naichi um, Kamada really is a locked-on starter. You, you get, then have to wonder if in the summer that he's going to be playing for the Japanese uh, Olympic team. Uh, yeah, kind of going down that route, but I won't be surprised if he actually makes it there. We'll see what we will see in that. Um, anything to say before I move into the European guys, Chris? Uh, I thought you were joking when you said Japan won 14 to zero. I hadn't seen that score. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it stands out so much that you're just like, wait, what now? <laughs> but good on him. But yeah, you know, um, that, that's good for him. And I agree. I think he's going to have a, increased presence in the Japan rotation uh, regardless of the competition uh, because he's playing in one of the best leagues and in just the world sucks. and he's playing pretty well recently. It the, the problem is with playing for Japan is the sheer amount of travel that he that is taken up to meet up with his national team. That's a lot of miles to be flying. I mean, Makoto Asebe did it for many years and that was something that I was always kind of wary of. But the thing is, you know, if they can ever move uh, at least their friendlies to continental Europe, that would make things a lot better in terms of overall travel. And, but I mean, shoot, some of these, some of these European nations were playing three matches. Um, Let's talk about those who have been played in three matches. Uh, KT, uh, three Germany matches as an unused substitute. Uh, you know, when you have Tarstegen and Neuer in front of you, you're always going to be unused. Eunice has made a couple of substitute appearances, but uh, not really anything more than uh, a blip on the radar. Uh, Serbia played three matches. Uh, Jovic had a grand total of... 25 minutes from three substitute appearances. All Kostic had a pair of starts, including nabbing a goal and uh, also a 45 minute sub appearance against uh, Ireland as well that I was able to watch. Um, those guys have kind of been getting busy. Uh, Switzerland uh, had a pair of Eintracht players. Zuber was able to get, uh, start a uh, match against Bulgaria, 75 minutes played, and was able to get himself uh, goal number three as they went out to a 3-1 win. So had a four-minute uh, appearance in that, but didn't show up in the uh, second match for them. While Zuber did play 10 minutes in the second, so that kind of takes care of that there. And Ilsanker, uh, two starts for Austria. And one can only hope that as that match is actually still going on right now, that he uh, stays healthy. And, uh, oh, yes, under Silva, uh, one start, uh, 75 minutes played for Portugal, then completely unused in the subsequent two matches for Portugal. You got to wonder what the hell is going on there. 
That's okay uh, with me. Hey, uh, you know what? Healthy, yeah, so, safe. exactly. Um, I'm just kind of so long. Everyone seems to be coming back, you know, and you know, got got some time on the legs. Not too much. For the most part, I mean, honestly, the only person who really kind of logged in the minutes was Barcock. And, um, you know, <laughs> he only played two matches at the very least, unlike Costa, who had, you know, 45 minutes or more in all three uh, matches uh, played. So um, that wraps up our kind of international chat. But before we go into what are we drinking, where we'll then have our fan interview uh, thereafterwards uh, with uh, Matt Weber. Uh, we def- definitely want to kind of mention uh, Freddie Bobich's uh, job that's going to be open because, you know, he's going to leave his role in the summer whether Hertha's play has paid us the exit fee that we want. It still is yet to be determined. His um, his uh, contract still runs until the end of 2023, so Hertha's got to pay up. Otherwise, well, you ain't going to be... It's like, sure, you haven't paid for him yet, but uh, you're not going to be able to get in just yet, him in just yet, and... You know, at this point in time, uh, I'm open to any and all persons. We've been linked with Schweinsteiger. We've been linked to um, the guy at Bielefeld, who we talked about last week, uh, Samir Rabi. And now there's a gentleman from uh, uh, one of the executives at AC Milan, uh, Henrik Armstadt. I've kind of asked around with a few people, and I have not been able to get any info on this guy. I've asked, and I'm hearing a lot of, uh, nope, don't know him. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that is good or bad, but hey, maybe if he's kind of a bigger picture guy and he's able to understand what is needed to find an ex-sporting director, then that's what we need. So, I mean, I don't think, uh, what do you got to add, Chris, to that? Yeah, regarding the uh, who are they situation, um, not a lot of not a lot of people expect us to sign a big name and I'm okay with that. You know, there's a big name out there in Schweinsteiger, which you know, would draw a lot of attention. It would get mentioned on every single broadcast. You'd see him up in the box often, but that's not a priority to me. I don't care if I've heard of the person. I care about their ability to assemble a competitive team. So yeah, uh, I'll take any name as a good one, uh, but it will be interesting to hear how long this drags out as far as have the demands been met to pay out the Bobich contract. Um, I think the longer it goes, the harder it gets. They're going to say, hey, we need to get this done. That might boost up the dollar amount a little bit, and that will be in our favor. Indeed, indeed, indeed. All right. That being said, let's get to hashtag what are we drinking before we get to the the Matt uh, Wagner um, uh, fan interview. And then we'll get into our uh, Frauen Corner previewing then Eintracht versus Borussia Dortmund as well. Uh, So, Chris, what do you have for hashtag what are we drinking today? Well, I teased the baseball thing earlier. Um, Tomorrow we record on Wednesday. Tomorrow is opening day for Major League Baseball here in the U.S. and in uh, Canada, even though Toronto, uh, the Canadian team, will be playing in Florida for the foreseeable future. To be honest, I don't think that that's going to happen at all. 
Yeah. If I'm being uh, totally plain. Yeah, probably. Probably. But um, anyway, <laughs> uh, Michigan's official start of spring it coincides with Tigers baseball and Oberon, uh, our original wheat ale from Bell's Brewery over in the Kalamazoo area. Uh, Bell's Oberon, they do a release to coincide with the first week of baseball and it's like everything warms up again it, it's fantastic so i picked up my first case this afternoon i'm gonna enjoy it this, tonight i'll go work our first baseball game in detroit tomorrow and then i'll enjoy the rest of the case tomorrow oh very nice very nice um i'm also staying the local uh for myself uh trying out a new brewer uh that i was able to find at my local bottle shop uh fields and ivy brewery in lawrence kansas anyone who knows me i don't really like going to lawrence unless of course you're getting a covid shot got my first one in um, you don't like uh i'm drinking the summer you don't like rock chalk Bayhawk? not your style uh no just like you don't like you know go blue or o-h-i-o fair enough I hear you. <laughs> Summer pasture from uh, Fields and IV is a wheat beer. It's a pretty uh, straightforward uh, kind of guy. There's not really much going on here. Figured I'd try something new, and I found that it's very boring. Anyways, kind of kind of wraps up Lawrence, Kansas, <laughs> with a with a good definition of what they really are. So that's it for us. Hashtag what are we drinking? We'll be back in a, a flash with my fan interview uh, with Matt and just Jiffy. So stay with. be great to get back to doing some fan uh, profiles and so wanted to bring in a gentleman from the east coast matthew wagner a uh foosball enthusiast and eintracht fan extraordinaire matt how are you doing i'm good brian thank you so much for having me today i'm excited no problem at all. No problem at all. So wanted to kind of roll down with the kind of usual questions that we all give everyone who joins the podcast for a fan profile. What uh, what started your relationship with Eintracht? What made you become a fan? Well, it's not kind of simple uh, to explain because I wasn't really made to be a fan. I was pretty much born to be a fan. You know, <laughs> born born in Hessen, born like born and raised um, outside of Frankfurt, um, a little town like ten minutes outside of stadium. And um, you know, I went to as many Frankfurt games as I can remember. I mean, the first Frankfurt game I can really remember was probably back in like 2000, 2001, when um, my soccer team ended up um, winning a tournament there and part of the winnings was to get uh, Frankfurt tickets and so went to a Hanofa game we tied 2-2 but it was a great experience you know it was in the old Badstadion um so you know I was just kind of born to it you know and um have been a diehard fan since you know I'll be a diehard fans until I die pretty much 
Okay, so you kind of give us a little heads up that you come from the pre-World uh, Cup uh, renovation era. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, old Waldstadion or new uh, Waldstadion? New Waldstadion by a mile. I mean, all the, the old Waldstadion was under construction like crazy. I mean, just getting to the stadium alone was almost impossible but i mean um what they've done with the facility the fact that there's also the training facilities outside the stadium um you get the opportunity to actually watch the players train right outside the stadium is really really cool so um yeah the new deutsche bank park um is definitely a lot better (laughs) (laughs) yeah it uh the running track and everything else that kind of came with it it was a it could be a bit of a mess you know you had you lose some nostalgia but hey the close in uniqueness especially on these european nights that we've enjoyed the last few seasons i think uh the renovations to the stadium uh bringing up to a modern day facility definitely has uh, assisted rather than being a hindrance to the team indeed so uh, that being said um What's your foremost memory as a fan? What's uh, maybe the one ma- the one match that you remember going to that stands out to you the most? As bad as I want to say it, it was probably a second league Bundesliga game against Atzkeburga Ets- Aue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the only reason why I say that because I, I don't remember who it was. I do. I want to say it was either Rob Friend or. Um, Oh, I think his name was like Oliver or something like that. He was also Canadian, but Oshian, that's right. Um, completely shanked a shot and I caught a ball and I ended up going home with the ball, which is pretty cool. So um, that's probably the coolest experience I've had. The most memorable um, has got to be when we won the DFB Pokal because um, it was the same time I actually graduated college. And so um, my mother bought me a huge, you know, those big like $150 um, champagne bottles at the like, liquor store it was meant for you know graduation <laughs> but when frankfurt won or beat uh bayern and gatsunovich went on that run i popped that thing so hard it was it was that was by far the best day of my life <laughs> uh well let's put it this way i was uh absolutely delirious i could almost not keep myself uh focused on the match just going absolutely mad myself um so something that a lot of fans always collect is mementos and memorabilia from matches that they have attended whether that be scars or the shirts how many eintracht uh pieces of memorabilia do you have too many to count i mean i have <laughs> i um always because i um i was a very worldly um child i used to live in a bunch of other countries and so i'd always have my family send over newspaper articles of you know whether it was a frankfurt player on there good or bad um even a coach i always i have a bunch of old newspapers i like i said i still have the bundesliga ball from um um, oceans i still i have uh the oldest jersey i probably own must be from alexander shua um and then oh god i could talk about this all day <laughs> i have hats i have scarves i what i really want to get since now i'm of age i could i want to go get a like frankfurt um plastic beer cup um because i feel like i would be able to drink out of that every single game day when i'm you know not in the country so um but yeah extensive extensive frankfurt memorabilia there you go there you go any uh, favorite player then all time, I would have to go with 
Oh, obviously Alexander Meyer, Fußball Gott. Um, <laughs> right now, right now, I think. Uh, well, I have a Hinteregger jersey. I have an Amin Yunus jersey. Um, so I think Hinti is probably my favorite player. Um, also because I played defense as a collegiate athlete. Um, so definitely achieved that. But I love our little Messi man. I love Yunus. He is energetic. He is a fighter. He doesn't quit uh, when he has the ball. And, um, yeah, it has to be a tie between Hinterrega and Yunus for now, but all time for sure. Alexander Meyer, Fußball got. <laughs> uh, can't uh, deny that. Needless to say, I think it goes without saying when it comes to the Fußball God. Goes without saying. So, you've got a couple uh, uh, jerseys from the team, the kind of current modern day Eintracht, not from uh, in addition to yesteryear memorabilia. What do you find? What do you think of Adi Hutter as the coach before we go into the Eintracht season as is? Good. Um, super great replacement after Nico Kovac, which is unheard of for Frankfurt because um, we always end up signing some terrible coach that brings us to barely the relegation zone. So um, Adi Hutter has really picked up where Nico Kovac kind of left off. He kind of um, has the same mentality of, you know, high press, um, keep the ball in their half of the field. Um, abusing Kostic on the left side all the time. Um, he's really continued Niko Kovac's, um, you know, kind of managerial, uh, managerial tactics, I would say. And at the same time, he was able to keep Frankfurt within like, I'm going to say the top 10, top 10, um, because, you know, losing both or all three of Hala, Jovic and um, Rebic all in one year and still being able to compete at a high level um, is super, super extraordinary. Um, my only biggest fear is, you know, some bigger club is going to pick him up at some point and realize how, um, strong of a coach he is. But, um, yeah, no, he, he's our guy right now. I love him. Absolutely do. All right. Um, so far, one of the longest tenured coaches in Eintrack Sisters is for a few guys who've lasted as long as he is, which kind of says a lot right there. Uh, he's got a few, I think he's got one or so seasons left to reach free time Funkel's level with kind of more long-term uh, uh, modern day uh, ranking when it comes to just coaches that have stuck around with the Eintracht. Hey, look, we are the Moody Diva. We go up, we go down. Coaches come, they go. And the fans, well, we all stay the same. Uh, loyal to the very end. Currently sitting fourth place as we stand the international, the spring international break. What are your thoughts on the team so far? I, lo- I am loving Silva. I'm also on Kamada Island, one of the few guys who will uh, sing his praises. But it sounds like you very much uh, have strong opinions on this current squad. Big time, big time. I mean, um, I guess if we start from the back, Kevin Trapp, um, I mean, against Union Berlin, you know, the fact that they had 15 shots, he probably had three one-on-one saves. Um, I mean, I, I can't remember the name of the Union Berlin's um, striker's name, but you know, he definitely was able to prevent a lot of goals. He's, he's, and, and the fact that he's a former Frankfurt player too, and coming straight from PSG is also really cool. So big fan of him. Um, and Dika absolute beast does not stop, um, running, doesn't stop bodying, um, both footed, which is also pretty good. He kind of, kind of helps out with Hinterrega's weak right foot, um, and Dika having both feet, um, being able to use both feet is definitely strong. Um, I'm a big fan of Jibril So. He, uh, yeah, Jibril So. He is a 
bully and a half, I would say. He doesn't always gets a yellow card, always stops to counterattacks, you know, does attack. I mean, tactical fouls is needed to be. So he's definitely strong anchor for our midfield. Um, um, and Eunice already stated about him, little messy, absolutely love them. I'm with you with Kamada, even though there are some games where you can tell he just is, you know, struggling and kind of forcing a little, a little bit more. Um, but then there's other games where he absolutely, you know, dazzles the defense, um, left and right. Megs, um, great, gives great assists to Andre Silva. Um, yeah, definitely big fan of Kamada with you as well. But um, no, the, the state of the team is absolutely outstanding right now. Um, Roda, as um, the veteran he is, you know, definitely keeping our team uh, intact, even though he doesn't get as many minutes. But when he does, you can just tell how red his face is at the end of the game because, you know, he's just poured it out um, all out in the field for his you know team, especially for the badge. Um, and yeah, you know, that's kind of, you know, pretty much it. You know, I, we don't really utilize the right side of the field ever because, you know, we got to abuse our guy Kostic on the left. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm going to be sad if Andre Silva ends up leaving at some point this year. Cause you know, reports of Atletico Madrid looking to splash about a hundred million on him. Uh, Barcelona now jumping into the mix. All right. Just, Hey, you know what? Yeah. If, if, you, if they are stupid enough to pay when they're already in debt up to their eyeballs and there's no fans in the stands, uh, you know, making that cash register at the stadium ring. Well, <laughs> Who, who am I to say that we don't take him for sixty million, then reinvest into the squad? Yeah, I'm, I'm you, with you on that totally. <laughs> we're um, with the kind of eight matches that we have remaining. Not too bad of a run. It uh, you got Dortmund, you got Wolfsburg, uh, kind of the only two real contenders for the European places that we have up ahead before you have Gladbach. Well, okay, so they beat Schalke, but that's beating Schalke. Nothing other than that. that that's not saying much. Augsburg, nothing to say about them. Leverkusen, I mean, they've been a dead they've been dead in the water for weeks. Mainz, that relegation fight might be over, and so they'll be easy for taking Schalke. Wow, that's going to be an easy walk-in. Is Freiburg really going to be playing for anything other than, you know, like uh, the players, you know, like uh, players playing out for their contracts against Freiburg? I, I'm honestly feeling that the Eintracht, you know, you can drop points against Dortmund and Wolfsburg, and the likelihood is in your remaining six, we can get all 18. What are your feelings on the Eintracht finishing uh, in the various European places that we could finish in? Um, if we finish in Champions League, I'd probably be drunk for a whole week. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Um, if we, you know, Dortmund and Wolfsburg are going to be really, really tough games, obviously. I mean, Dortmund is a really, really weird team because they either win or they lose. They, they just don't want to tie. I mean, I guess last they look they spectacular either way. Um, they do. But at the same time, it seems like Mats Hummels is losing, um, you know, is losing his footing a little bit. He's getting beat every single time. I mean, it's 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 going to be interesting how Andre Silva is going to be able to handle, um, you know, Mats Hummels in the back. Um, but I do think we're going to get a result out of Dortmund. I do think we're going to get a result out of Wolfsburg as well. Um, you know, Freiburg is Freiburg. We always struggle with them. Um, I'm not, I can't remember if we're going to be home or away for that game. We'll be home. We'll be, oh, so there you go. I think, I think then, um, that will be a two nothing win. I, I fully expect, I fully expect to, um, get back to, um, winning ways or continuing our winning, our one winning streak at this point. Um, 
it, it will be tough. If there's any game that's going to be really tough, it'll be against Wolfsburg. Um, not really worried about Bayer Leverkusen. You know, they just fired their head coach. <laughs> so um, they're, they're obviously in turmoil, as you mentioned. And um, yeah, Mainz is Mainz. I mean, that's always a derby. So um, I honestly hope they keep losing and get relegated at some point. I'd rather have them relegated over Schalke. <laughs> yeah, I can. Uh, I I'm right there with you when it comes to sympathy for the rest of the Bundesliga because I think that um, Schalke is that sort of team that you know that resonates uh, around the league, around Germany, and losing them as much as they have been just absolutely god awful losing them does i mean if you are someone from the uh, northwest uh rhino asphalia area uh, i mean that rivalry between them and dortmund that just you know ca- that just captivates life that is the best local derby that local regional derby that's available i still i think that there's still some time left for the current only city derby between uh hertha and union i think there's a lot of i think we need a lot of years uh to be able to let that kind of do its thing but hey you know what second division Balkan could come up. They could at least fill the gap. If anything, having Shocker relegated, because obviously the Bundesliga isn't that big of a, a, a light scheme uh, or like that much of a spotlight as the Premier League or even La Liga, I may even put Serie A in front of him. But seeing kind of Shocker could, could relegated may put Bundesliga on the map because it kind of shows like, wow, like they have, like obviously Germany is such a huge soccer country, but they have all these like teams that, you know, no. Uh, like no one has really heard of like who the hell has heard of Union Berlin and you know they're honestly kind of fighting for a Europa qualification spot at this point you know um, mm-hmm. I, I think having Schalke relegated may put Bundesliga in the light and say like wow this is actually a really really strong like um, league um, potentially better than La Liga potentially better than Serie A and maybe one day have more viewership than the Premier League um, especially here on the United, United States side of things um, with that being said um, yeah, I need Mainz to get out of here. I need. Uh, I'm fine with Schalke getting relegated. We need to beat Wolfsburg. We need to beat Dortmund. Um, and you know that five-two route, especially with a fairly injured squad. Um, and now with the news with Hinterega, you know, not being available for a couple of weeks, it looks like with his um, quad injury. Um, uh, it's it's going to be must-win situation from here on out, you know, because, you know, we've had a taste of the Europa League. We've seen what it's like to go to the Europa League semifinal, even though losing to Chelsea in the penalty that was team, robbery. which was, mm, robbery's putting it lightly. I feel like we just got, <laughs> I feel like that was a, um, a crisis at that point, that whole game of just not being able to get a goal in and whatnot. But, um, yeah, no, I'm very excited for... Um, you know what these next eight games have in store for us because i really do think we're gonna be able to go into a champions league for the first time since the 50s i believe 60s or something like that um first time in our lifetime um, (laughs) this will be the first time in the modern era of the champions league era since they switched to that in i think that was 92 93 maybe it was 91 no 91, 92 that they, time. yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, in case anyone can tell, uh, it's been a long, long time. And the last time that we were in that level of competition was the, its predecessor, the, that was the, uh, uh, European cup. And, uh, we made it to the final the last time we were in it. So, I mean, granted that was, um, uh, 
that was the that was pre Bundesliga era, folks. Uh, so I'm pretty sure a lot of folks, <laughs> a lot of people listening to this podcast will think, uh, "Duh, Brian, we already know this." But anyways, needs to still be reiterated. Um, hey, no better, no better to say than we beat uh, Real Madrid in Scotland. Who no one else can say that but us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we play. Yeah, they still say that that match between Eintracht and Real Madrid uh, played out uh, that was Hemden Park is still considered the best uh, European final of all time. And I mean, shoot, if you're neutral and you see that goal margin, you're just kind of like, huh? Well, uh, definitely wasn't boring. And uh, that's a that's a story for another time. We're planning on putting uh, that run to the final together and yeah, just. When it comes to these uh, flashbacks to uh, Eintracht history, it does take a little bit of work to get everything set up to run one of those podcasts and you need to have the right people done. But anyways, this is all stuff that (laughs) projects in the work, folks, something to look forward down the road. That being said, Matt, what your the way that I'm with us on the cusp of European participation again are you looking at all to uh what's above are you paying attention to the race uh, for the Bundesliga title or are you kind of like hey you know what i i need to just focus i'm just focused on eintracht uh always focus on eintracht i mean i i i only really focus on them i mean if anything i'll look at mites and see how bad they're doing because um, obviously <laughs> the hatred is is pure there it's fairly fairly pure but um it's even more for darmstadt but <laughs> If only they were around for us to just kick down the road. <laughs> I, I, I remember back in the days when Offenbach was a huge um, rivalry as well. And oh, like in the, they are with, so far Especially with the Deffenbach. Oh, my God. Yeah, who? <laughs> Who's Offenbach again? <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, I mean – it's 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 going to be Bayern who's going to win it. If anybody else thinks it's going to be different, it's obviously it's only going to be Bayern. I mean, Leipzig has a couple more like hard games. I mean, the fact you know it's kind of good for them that they're not playing Champions League anymore. But you know they still have the DFB Pokal to think about. I mean, they're playing Bayern next week, which is you know really going to put everything into light. Bayern's on a seven win streak, seven game win streak, eight game win streak right now. So um, they're looking like. Um, you know, they're looking like they're ready to win a couple cups. And so, well, not the DFB Pokal, thank God, but um, I think Bayern's got it. I mean, you, you can't ignore them. I mean, Leipzig doesn't have the... It's a four-point gap, and even if Leipzig pulls off uh, a result, you know, even if they beat Bayern, because, hey, it's not just Eintracht versus Dortmund when we come back. It is the match that's going to decide the title. And even if Leipzig win. That's still a one-point gap, and you're then going to have to ask Leipzig to win out and Bayern to drop points somewhere. And let's be fair, um, the only match that they have looked bad of late was, well, against uh, us, where we uh, beat them. And uh, look, that took a lot out of the team, And because look what happened. We ended up playing Bremen and ugh. But anywho's, uh, I'm, I, I was okay with to. that result. I mean, a uh, little bit annoying um, how the uh, the end like worked against Bremen, but like I just love beating Bayern every single time, especially when they come to Frankfurt. It's always so tough for them to even get a result out there. I mean, probably not last year when they thrashed us five nothing, but like um, you know, we came back at them, beating them five one. You know, so um, it's it's honestly it's it's my Super Bowl when Frankfurt plays Bayern because I know it's always going to be a game, and I have 
so many friends who are Bayern fans, you know, both in actually around Frankfurt and as well around here. And there is no better um, way to rub it in their face uh, as a local kid from Frankfurt to be like, ha, you're not even from Bayern Munich and you just follow them because you really like them because you're probably a bandwagon fan. But still, <laughs> ha, you still lost to someone, some local guy from, you know, outside of Frankfurt. So, um, no, I think I think Bayern is going to run it because um, they're really only tough game after Leipzig is going to be Wolfsburg. Um, cause that could be a very challenging game cause they played PSG right before that. And, um, I think PSG Europe is, point, is where it's at for those guys. I mean, by so far, Europe is where it is at for those guys. Exactly. And that's what we're shooting for. That's what we're shooting for. So Matt, appreciate having you on the program to get a profile of another Frankfurt fan here in the United States. Where can we find you in social media for those of our listeners to want to uh, follow what you're up to? Yeah. So my Twitter handle is wagm8 or wagmate with an underscore. Um, you know, I always retweet some Frankfurt stuff there. Always have my opinions out there as well. Um, on Instagram, you can find me at Wagner underscore eight. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of pretty much it. Oh, there you go. All right. Have, give him a follow. He's pretty funny guys you have already figured out and uh and a dedicated eintracht fan so i'd like to thank matt for joining us for the program Eintracht Frankfurt back with segment three of the podcast. I'd like to thank Matt for joining us for a kind of fan interview. We like to do this ever so often and the international break provided us with a great opportunity to do so. So um, as we're recording on this Wednesday, the Frauen Bundesliga had a little bit of action going on and it was solely Eintracht versus Duisburg uh, team kind of middle of the road but who had really let's let's be honest the girls had kind of uh, been stinking it up for a bit just been not not well i guess that's a little harsh because the team is extremely young but just was not firing and hey you know this Duisburg team they really do help teams who are struggling out you know they've they were at the end of some really bad matches so far this season. You know, that Bremen team that we took apart that's not exactly doing all too well. They spanked these guys 5-3 earlier in the season. The biggest uh, margin of victory this season has been two matches that were a 7-0 scoreline, one of which was Hoffenheim versus Duisburg, Hoffenheim being the team currently situated in third place, which is the, the final qualification to UEFA competition, which is the Champions League. So... Eintracht trotted out with a rather strong lineup before. Honestly, the women go to onto their own international break. Um, the Eintracht took care of business with Duisburg and gave the team its first victory of 2021 at the league level. I should point out because obviously they won in the Pokal. Um, this could not have come at a better time. This is granted the very worst team in the Frauen Liga. 
uh, four draws, no wins to their 17 matches played. Uh, it's It's been rough going for these guys and these ladies of Eintracht of late. And not going to lie, I look at this and think to myself, you know what, this is the most perfect thing that could have happened. And I'm just glad that they were able to get things done. Yeah, uh, it was good coming off of, of you know, it, it's been such an inconsistent schedule for the league. And then with the Pokal match thrown in the middle, um, but to have that win, and then now uh, a match against a, a bottom feeding club like Duisburg, had ten goals through seventeen matches, kind of what the doctor ordered um, to pick up three goals in the first half. And, and by the way, I want to thank Untrack TV for posting that on YouTube because it was great watching for all of us that don't have a TV support. Oh yeah, it was. I think it was averaging 900 some odd uh, view uh, people with live views throughout the entirety of the match. Absolutely. Which, hey, that solid kind of fluctuated up and down, but I thought that was a good sign of where how many fans would possibly, you know, uh, be attending these Eintracht matches if we were able to do it live and in person, which I think lends to uh, just an overall uh, interest in the female game. Yeah. So if, you know, there's anyone from the home office listening, if you want to uh, make that a regular thing, you've got a regular audience from us. But regarding the match, um, we pressed early. Uh, th- there was not a lot of pushback from Duisburg early on, and that was maintained through the match. I thought the wings playing the ball out wide, uh, Teresa Panfield, or Pan- Panfield and uh, Laura Friersinger really... Um, kept the ball out wide, fed the middle, and then the two Nuskin goals really put things away before halftime. And the second half was really just a formality. There was no fight. So it was a great response match to struggling a couple couple months, really. But now we have a game in hand still. In the that table. Leverkusen match the other day was rough. It was. and But... We should probably mention that, yeah. yeah the, no. They've recently played against to, uh, Bayer Leverkusen. That didn't end up being too good. No, but it. this was the kind of thing you have to do. We're clearly not in contention for the top three, um, but with a match in hand, the top half of the table is a fair bet at this point, and that would mean a lot for a real young club to to finish top half of the table and get that experience of fighting for something, anything and then see where it is uh, going into next year. Indeed. Um, like I said, there's a lot of young persons, ladies, excuse me, on the squad. You know, of the four Eintracht Frauen players who are being called up to the uh, the Frauen Mannschaft, you know, Fromm's, you know, she's Germany's number one, but she's also been of late, you know, of recent weeks, been facing a lot of shots as we're not exactly Wolfsburg or Bayern who are just keeping everything, you know, to themselves. Uh, Wolfsburg, who kind of got trounced earlier uh, this to this day that we're recording on the 31st of March, they got trounced by Chelsea. It was really ugly. Um, I mean, it, considering that German teams are usually doing so well in European competitions, it's really kind of a, oh, wow, that happened. Yikes, kind of think that that was happening on the other side. But... Like I said, it's good that the women get a win under them, but Fromms and Frygang, you know, they're, what, 26, 27, and uh, Frygang's 23, and then you have Nuskin and Kleinhede, who are both 20, 
And we, you know, a week or so ago, we had a 17-year-old on the pitch for us. This team is extremely young. And I look at it from the standpoint that, you know, maybe not finishing in Europe is a good thing. You kind of build slow as they're adjusting to, you know, heightened attention, you know, next season when fans should be allowed back, you know, they can have a nice bounce in terms of uh, focus, more fans in the stands that they had ever previously had, you know, fin- uh, finish in third place for that so that you would be more prepared to be able to battle on the two fronts because, you know, we're already the battling. It's going to be playing in up. Europe. Shucks. <laughs> if the Eintracht is going to be participating in the Pokal in Europe, in addition to the Frauen Bundesliga, you know what? I want the Frauen to go as far as they can. We got Freiburg coming up in the Pokal once things resume. And, um, yeah. And yeah, the depth it's, uh, today, it's high time the girls, let's in on this high, I guess you could say. Yeah. Today was a, a classic uh, growing up game. They took care of business, but they did it with depth. They weren't relying on on Frange and a couple others that have been the usual goal scorers for the season. They got some of that down the bench scoring a little bit and some good substitutes to get good minutes from really young players. Like you mentioned, we're rolling out um, under 20s. And so that's a good opportunity and a good win. And uh, hopefully that springs us into next week or two weeks, right? Indeed, indeed. So, that being all said, let's get to the match of the week. And so, Eintracht versus Borussia Dortmund. It's um, 4v5 in the table. This is, to me, kind of the uh, put-up-or-shut-up time. If you're Borussia Dortmund, who sit 43 points, we're on 47, this, to them, is a put-up-or-shut-up moment. And... If you don't make the Champions League, that means that that firecracker that they have, uh, that Norwegian crazy man, uh, Holland, um, if they don't play in the Champions League, uh, highly likely that they lose a properly world-class player. So we're going to get their A game, and that's even with uh, Champions League coming up you know, midweek. This upcoming week. So where you can watch the match is in the Caribbean Flow Sports app in Canada. That is Sportsnet World Now, Sportsnet Now, Sportsnet One. So on the tube there, uh, that is uh, Sky Sports in Austria and Germany and Switzerland there uh, in the United States. That's ESPN Plus um, in the UK and Ireland. That is btsport.com, BT Sports Extra, BT Sports App, and uh, Netherlands. That's uh, excuse me, not Netherlands, New Zealand. Uh, BN Sports Connect, New Zealand, and in Australia, that's going to be KO Sports, uh, BN Sports Connect, and BN Sports Three. So, got a little bit more access than normal. So. Coming off the international action that we have, we all know that uh, Hinteregger will stay out. Tuta stayed home. Thank God. You know, all he did, he participated in some training. We didn't have our friendly um, that was originally planned against uh, Wiesbaden. That was canceled. Uh, And you know what? 
it's it's high time that these guys get right back out there. Indica stayed home as well. I mean, I'd like to hope that, you know, Hinterregger is going to make a miraculous recovery, but let's be real. It's going to be the likes of uh, Ilsenka, uh, Tuta, and Indica, and Hasebe in defense. You're going to have uh, So and Rolde in the middle of the pitch. Up the pitch, you're going to have likely Yunus, Barcock, and uh, probably Jovic, Silva, and Kostic. So, yeah. It, I, I was just, you, I'm, you I'm just know. thinking that we're going to have to do focus more on defense just because Holland is such a fiend. And so, sadly, we no longer have those uh, kind of defenders, those defensive men who will just kick them until they break. So we got to outsmart them. And I think the best way to do that is to beat them in the one thing that they suck eggs at. They are horrible at defending against set pieces. They, we, they've been shown up time and time and time again, and uh, we haven't beaten them in Dortmund in so, so, so long that it's high time that it happened, and uh, I'm, st- I'm feeling it. Chris, I'm really feeling a win here. It's just going to be really hard, and I think this will actually be more difficult to deal with uh, because of kind of what little we have in terms of squad depth to work with on, for a starting 11 and bench than we will next week against Wolfsburg. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. You never know coming off the international break how players are going to respond because you have individuals leaving but coming back as a team and where you are mm-hmm. fitness-wise, where you are mentally coming off that break varies very much from player to player. And break to break, not every player returns the same way each time. Um, but the best part about this league is that every team has to deal with losing players. You know, we're by by no mm-hmm. means the most talented team, yet we send out six, seven, eight guys every single break. And Dortmund's the exact same way. So they're going to have to deal with the exact same thing we are. Guys going, traveling, coming back, dealing with, new injuries or nagging injuries and like you said uh that beast up front in halan who you can't stop you just try to slow down um i think we have to be careful because if you give him a little bit of space he doesn't need a lot he'll work with a little space and he'll exploit it um so i think four is safer in the back end and i don't really care who it is as long as somebody has an eye on that guy at all times um, but I think that the Hooter style of counterattack and where we've had uh, success against them in the past is going over the top. And there's nobody better at receiving balls over the top than Luka Jovic. And I can think of nobody better to get hot mm-hmm. at this point in time to carry us uh, into a comfortable lead after this weekend. So I, I'm not great at predicting matches. But I'm going to say Luka Jovic comes out of this one, our biggest winner for the weekend. I think that Holland will get a goal. I think that Silva and Jovic will both get goals. And I think the man who's going to be doing all the assist work on our end is none other than Phil Kostic. I think he's going to be kicking ass, taking names, and, uh, you know, he looked not too bad for Serbia. Uh, that one freakishly big dude, 
Mitrovic was a kind of beast. I don't know if anyone watched Serbia play recently. That dude's a freaking freight train that no one can stop. Just like Aland. Uh, <laughs> uh, God, I always knew that he would, you know, all I could hope was that he would be out injured at the time that we played him, but you know, uh, fortune didn't smile on us. I'm not like they played anyone really tough though. I have to give this to Norway. It, they've already said if they qualify for the 2022 world cup, they're actually going to not participate. That's, it's quite interesting. That blows my mind. Just I don't know how you end. can make that statement. <laughs> Yeah, they haven't made the World Cup or any uh, international competition since the 1998 World Cup, and they're saying, "Yeah, we'll skip it." I'm calling if a bluff it's in Qatar, right just because of our opinions on Qatar. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that. With the amount of money involved, I don't believe that at all. Yeah, well, we'll see. I, I'm pretty sure at the very moment that FIFA sees that that happens, and you know, if he is high like in the top three for the next uh fifa best awards and all that other kind of crap and if he they qualify and they're like nope we're refusing it fifa will freak out and i think that will actually be way more <laughs> can be greater comedic value than anything else out there that'll be just hilarious as they try and scramble to save face but anyways we're as we mentioned you can follow this uh online uh uh, or via on Twitter. You can email the podcast. That's hey, Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com, facebook.com slash HEF pod. And of course, you can tweet the podcast. That is at HEF pod. You can tweet me. That is at KCSGE. Chris, where can our folks reach you? I am on Twitter and Discord. Oh, by the way, uh, three to two mm. is my prediction. Three to two. Forgot to throw that one in. Alon with two goals, Jovic with one, Silva with one. And I'm going to say, uh, uh, oh, no, we'll leave the third one a surprise. I don't care who gets it. Anybody get it. But uh, I am on Twitter <laughs> and Discord at C in the D 313. And you can follow the podcast uh, on all your various podcasting platforms. So we're available on SoundCloud. We're Apple Podcasts, Spotify, which we got back. So we're all there. Give us a follow ask us any questions you got and we'll read it out on the podcast uh it's been great catching up with you chris we had a lot of international action to get over and deal with but hey you know it's back to the club action that uh doesn't make us depressed well you know it's an international Unlike certain american teams <laughs> it's an international podcast it's an international game and we love it you know we follow our players with the club with their country and it's just a really cool thing when there's 52 weeks a year to talk about this game. So. Indeed, indeed. All right. From all of us here at Hey Andre and Frankfurt, thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, our podcast, remember, uh, if you have the chance, uh, take the vaccination. I have gotten uh, just one of the Pfizer vaccination recently, and I'm looking forward to my late February date where I can get vaccination number two. February. Hey, it's all about getting our butts back in the vault stadium to enjoy the Eintracht live and in person. I mean, and the best thing we can do is mask up, stay safe to keep those COVID numbers down as low as possible. And if you're and if you're, it's your time to be able to take the vaccination, take it so that we can get herd immunity. Agreed, Chris? I like it. Indeed. All right. From all of us here at Hey, Andrew Favorite, thanks for listening, folks. And uh, until next time, juice. Hey, I'm
Cha-cha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la